us down to the last comic shop in five, four, three, two, one. What's the next line? What is in this eggnog? It's Faye's homemates. I told you, you could start cars. Mm. Tell you, I tell you what it is. It's made from real raw eggs. I spilled some on my lap and it burned a hole in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Last Comic Shop Podcast. We it is our annual office Christmas party. This isn't an office. We don't have we don't have copiers or printer paper or anything like that. We got comic book paper, garbage paper that Chad likes. The newsprints. It's just the four of us here. Our wives won't even come to this party with us. (laughs) (laughs) They won't do it. So I'm glad that you all stopped by. I'm the host with the most, Andy Larson. I'm joined by Chad Smith, J.A. Scott, and the wonderful Mikey Wood. And again, happy holidays. We're hoping that you're getting in that festive mood as it gets closer to Santa Claus, Mm. gifting us with all wonderful comic book treats, hopefully. Yeah. There you uh, go. We're here in DC Ember, <laughs> where uh, we are celebrating all things DC, including the weird stuff. Did you guys see the Merry Little Batman on Amazon? <laughs> no, no, I've not. Just the commercials. Batman gets a goatee. Uh, it's all about <laughs> Damian Wayne becoming, you know, Junior Batman. So he has a goatee. So he's, he's like the the Mirrorverse Batman. Did he come over and no, like? <laughs> Thinks it's more intimidating. But yeah, it's weird. DC's doing a lot of weird stuff these days, and I am here for it. Oh, boy. They had a weird Aquaman cartoon a while ago, too. Yeah, that actually wasn't too terrible, if I remember. I watched all three episodes. There were only three of them. But it was that similar Thundercats rumor. Yeah, the the people who complain about it on Twitter refer to it as the Cal Arts style. Um, because oh. a lot of those animators come out of the Cal Arts school, but I don't I don't know if that's accurate. But that's what they complain about it when grown men mm. complain about children's television. <laughs> oh well, uh, we're hoping that you find something to fill your stocking with holiday cheer over the next couple of days. Maybe it's this Batman. Maybe it is a, another Tom King story. That's right. As you may or may not know in the last comic shop, we love Tom King, and we've read a lot of his books. I'm actually not sure if there's any creator that we've done more books of on the last comic shop podcast than Tom King. Like, I keep making you do Mark Russell books. <laughs> mm. well, we did the uh, X of Swords, so if you mm. count those in b- books individually, that was a lot of Hickman. It is a lot of Hickman. <laughs> lots and lots of Hickman. Uh, yeah, my friend, what... my friend Dave in Australia. Hi, Dave in Australia. Wants me to get into the Hickman X Men, and I'm like, okay, let me take a look. And it's like, I need like six years. Yeah, to, to like it's a lot. It very much is. But uh, according to JA, uh, it's wrapping up next year. So in 2024, we'll probably hopefully read the last of it and then just put it to bed, right, mm. JA? 
That is correct. It won't be Hickman, though. He left like midway through. Even he got sick of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But the ending, what's the ending? It's the fall of X and dawn of whatever. It's like the fourth movie in the uh, Planet of the Apes series, whatever they called that one. I, I love it. Uh, <laughs> but Tom King, nothing says happy holidays like PTSD. So. Right. Oh, absolutely. We, we all suffer from it. There's, I'm sure there has been one Christmas in your past that you're still thinking back and you're like, yeah, yeah, I wish I had that one back, boy. <laughs> so mm. almost set fire to the house. Mm. Mm. Any case, uh, we're hoping that we give you pe- pleasant memories with this week's review of Tom King's Human Target. So uh, without further ado, J.A., who did Tom King work on this 12-issue maxi-series with? He worked with Greg Smallwood, who did all the art and ended up winning an Eisner for Best Artist on the series. Clayton Carroll's provided lettering. Ben Abernathy was the editor and Ben Mears, the assistant editor. Mm. That wasn't the only Eisner this particular series won, right? No, it also won Best Limited Series. And I don't know if I should spring this on you. There was a one-shot Tales of the Human Target. I did read that as part of our reading. Did you? Look at you guys with the extra credit. I didn't read it. It's also really good. It's got different artists in it, though. You get your Kevin McGuire, Raphael Albuquerque, (laughs) Mikkel Janin. But I don't think it's essential. Yeah, it was all prequel stuff. Yeah, prequel stuff. Okay. Well, without further ado, let's go ahead and get that 10 cent synopsis with Mikey Wood. What happens in these 12 issues now that we know who did it and all the awards and accolades? Yes. Yes. Well, Christopher Chance, the human target, a man who disguises himself as you so that he gets killed and you don't, is uh, poisoned by a poison that is meant for Lex Luthor, and he wants to find out who done it. And in the midst of these 12 issues, he runs, I would say, afoul of the Justice League International, the Bwahaha Keith Gibbon era, which is my favorite Justice League, and runs less afoul with one in particular named Ice. And it's very film noir and very awesome and wonderful. And um, it's great. Yeah. Because he's got, he's got 12 days to live. So yes. every issue is a day in, in the life of his eventual death essentially. yes yeah, except for the last one because he's dead he's, dead. <laughs> he's on the bed in the yeah, last I never know how yeah, i'm not gonna give it away but there's he's in more than just i know, just, just gave it away he's dead he's dead <laughs> come on <laughs> oh right well we're gonna start off uh this week's show with J. A. scott because i feel like i want him to give his thoughts about like this book and its film noiriness I loved it. I uh, I was reading it. I had Spotify open, threw on French and Italian film scores from the 50s and 60s, and it <laughs> matched perfectly yeah. with the, uh, the aesthetic that Greg Smallwood had going on here. It is very film noir, but like 60s film noir, not 40s film noir. Right. Throughout the entire book, uh, the human target, Christopher Chance, walks around in a gray suit which is just obviously completely aping Sean Connery's suit from Really? James See, because every single time yeah. I saw Christopher Chance, all I could think of was George Clooney. George was like, Clooney from... Um, from uh, Out of Sight. 
out of out sight. Of sight. Yes. yes. Like that's right. Like that's what you see. Like, I'm not going to say that Greg Smallwood aped him, but like you could tell, like if there was a movie made of this series, you, you had to. Clooney's got that classic Hollywood. He's like, uh, he's like today's Cary Grant. Yeah. He's yeah. The closest thing that we can get. And he doesn't do anything. And I wish he did more. Nespresso commercials. He does. That's true. <laughs> and he owns an island in Italy. So I guess when you own an island in Italy, you don't have to do much. And it's and it's a major reason why it was so believable that like Ice would drop her panties at the heartbeat. She was just like, ah, whatever. It's George Clooney. Like, where am I gonna go? What else am I gonna do? Fine. You only have twelve days. I live it up for twelve days. Take hot showers. <laughs> when I when it comes to this particular book, I have two piles. Right. Because I have to. Now I've read too much Tom King that I have to actually start thinking about these books critically. Right. So I put two. I have two piles. And in the one pile, I will say the Greg Smallwood art just ooh, it is at times. There's a scene with fire. I think the line is you want to kiss me now. It's a it's a full page spread. And I, I'm not going to tell you what's happening in it, mm-hmm. but it's hot. Smoke. <laughs> so the, the Greg Smallwood art is definitely what brings you to the yard. Now, whether or not the Tom King writing keeps you in the yard, that's up for a little bit of debate for me. And I'm just going to throw it out here for conversation that at this point, I've read enough Tom King to say to myself, this seems like other Tom King books that he's done. It's, it's not to say it's bad. One of the wonderful things about Tom King, in my opinion, is the fact that he can weave superheroes into like a film noir story and you don't miss a trick. Right. Like he he's able to take these certain characters from the JLI, change their 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 personalities a little bit and then make them fit the rules of a classic film noir script. Like Guy Gardner plays a pitch perfect dirty cop. Right. Like he's the dirty cop. And then you got Fire, who's like the real femme fatale and Ice, who's kind of the sweetheart walks into the office kind of femme fatale. But you get both kinds. And then you get Ted Cord, who's like the millionaire, nice industrialist guy that walks like, around naked in front of everyone without caring. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's no yeah. about this. And it's Tom King. This is writing for adults. This is an adult story told within the superhero genre, but where superhero powers and big battles are not the focus. They're almost presented as an afterthought. It's definitely deconstructing the superhero genre. I would really love for Marvel or DC to make a movie like this. I don't know if they could. It's To me, it's, it's like this is the Andor of DC, you know adult writing for adults with adult themes that just happens to take place within an established universe. But see, yeah. the problem with that is I think you need the JLI first. You need the the setting of the, the table with all the wahaha and all the, the family dynamics of all the different characters for this to have that impact. Like the fact that it is ice and fire and guy and Martian Manhunter that shows up in these books. Even though they're slightly askew, like Tom King will take those characters, like Andy was alluding to, and make them fit into a box. And I know that drives some uh, hardcore fans crazy. So like, no, Guy Gardner would never do that. No, Martian Manhunter wouldn't do that thing. But for the purpose of a Tom King story, yeah, they will. But it builds off of everything that was set out. What was that? She's 40 years ago. 
with uh, J.M. DeMattis and Keith Giffen and Kevin McGuire and Adam Hughes and all those guys. Yeah. Which, you know, if you haven't read it, you really should, because it is probably one of the single best superhero comic runs in the history of comics. It's, oh. my, it's my absolute favorite team book uh, still uh, to this day. In the third 11-year-old me could never understand why Kevin McGuire wasn't up there with the Todd McFarlane's and the Rob mm-hmm. Liefeld's as like one of the best artists. He does the best faces yeah. in all of comics, the best reaction shots. Oh. As a huge fan of that run of comics and that group of heroes and the way they're portrayed in that run of comics, I can understand why somebody who who white knuckles a character in a way a character is, which comic fans often do. They really kind of lay into a particular time, a particular behavior for a character. And they say things like you said, Martian Manhunter would never do that. How do you know? You don't know that. Right. No, I'm guilty of that. Dan Slott's Spider-Man was not my Spider-Man. Drove me crazy. Yeah, but this feels like what happens in between those pages. It's like those noir storylines that deal with Hollywood, uh, like Douglas Fairbanks were were assholes. You know? You yeah, know? no, I, I agree. Yeah. Some of the stories you hear about Errol Flynn, that's why they call it in like Flynn, like because of like all the stuff that was going on behind the scenes with that right. guy. But I, I will say this. So that, that that's in that one pile. I want to get back to the other pile with Tom King. And one of the things that actually it was a little bit of a detriment for this book. I'm going to throw it out here because I'm wondering what J.A. thinks is this had what I would call my Chad Mystic River moment, right? Chad has told Uh this story all the time about how he watched Mystic River and everybody said, oh, Mystic River was such a good movie. But he figured out what was going on in Mystic River like 15 minutes in. And at that point, he was just like, no, that's not really what's going on. No, that can't be. And turns out, yeah, it was. I won't lie, and I'm not going to give it away, but by issue two, I figured out what the heck was going on. And by the end of it, when I found out, yeah, I was right, I was kind of like, is that it? I could go that way. Is that it? I mean, it is classic film noir tale, and Chance, the human target, knew it, too. And then so the entire book is him fighting against his initial reaction, his initial thought. No, I don't want it to be true. I don't want it to be true when ultimately you know it is it is true. I found it slightly off-putting how quickly Ice went from obviously doing a setup bit to falling deeply and madly in love with him. I mean, this is 12 days, right? So I, I, I guess – I mean, that is also Hollywood. You know, it's only going to be two weeks. Why not? If it's George Clooney and you're you're thrown in the trunk with him, that's where I mean, that's how Jennifer Lopez was like, ooh, yeah. hello. <laughs> He's you listen, I would be like that if I was thrown in the trunk with George Clooney. Um the the or Jennifer Lopez, let's add that, you know. I got the vibe that he was the first person that ever treated her like somebody other than ICE. He didn't give a damn because he doesn't. He doesn't give a damn about these people in costumes. He doesn't like any of them. They don't much like him either from what which i don't recall them having much interaction with him and i'm a big human target fan like big 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 yes for someone who loves the human target mikey i was impressed that they made a television show and rick springfield jesse's girl played christopher chance <laughs> yes that was that was the first of two television series oh man the but then he had to give it up and let it go <laughs> <laughs> The second, the second Human Target series was was better. I remember the first Human Target series. He had a high tech helicopter. It was kind of cool, but um, you know, for a story like this, there were two 
classic noir endings that was going to happen. Either Luthor did it or the girl did it. And that that's it. You know, that that those are the two options that you have there in this type of story. And it's it is a trope, but it's a classic trope and it works. It it works every time, like every. T- yeah. So could could you see it coming? Yeah. But you know what? So did he. And it was him coming to terms with the truth that made that second half of that book so intriguing because he knew it like he knew he knew from the get go. But right. And the, th- the thing for me about this book is that I, I'm sure it was the same for Ice. So much of it is that vibe. Like yeah. Tom King is writing a noir story. He's hitting the noir beats. You know, as far as like storytelling goes, you don't come to this for originality. You come to this for Greg Smallwood and those warm colors, like the 1950s. You come to see how cool Christopher Chance is, you know, in the face of everything. You, you, know, you come to uh, see him walking up to a guy in a diner and punching him in the face because he thinks he's Batman. Yeah, and you uh, never really find out, like, did you guys get the vibe that it was? Like, I always, I, I still wonder. No, I thought he was just unhinged. I, and that no, was like a moment when he was no, just so like, paranoid. I'd like to think that that's actually him playing a matches Malone thing. And, and like the fact that he knows that, that Batman does matches Malone is also pretty awesome because he's like the matchstick is missing, but I know who the hell that is, you know? But yeah, you, you come for those things and then you stick around for that issue where, uh, he's, he's fighting Martian Manhunter and, you know, he's training to deal with people that could read your mind. Yeah. You know, you give up the most important thing, you know, otherwise when you're trying to hold on to that important thing, they end up getting everything else from your mind. I'm sure that comes from like CIA training stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, and I, and I know this is one of Andy's uh, bad piles. Um, That's why he keeps repeating the thing about his dad throughout the entire book, which if you, if you're not really all that deep into those kind of storylines, but like, it's, it's almost akin to, you know, I'm the best there is at what I do. And what I do is, not you know, Wolverine says that every single time he's in a book, every (laughs) single time he's in a book and we know that. But in this case, He's repeating this moment in his life because he has to. That's his anchor. And and well, that's, you know. And I am glad that you brought that up because, again, on my initial reading, I won't lie that that was part of the bad pile for me. It was like I, I didn't really need to hear about it, the dad one more time. Like some of the stories were good. And that's the thing. Like, again, this is still a wonderful book. This is probably head and shoulders above most other comic books that I've read this year. So even if things are in this other pile, don't. It's it's because I'm comparing Tom King to Tom King at this point, and I'm just simply but saying. Gibbs get Gnort as Mog, half man, half dog. <laughs> I forgot yes. about Gnort. <laughs> that was that was it was it was wonderful. It was wonderful. But, sorry, um, sorry, Andy. I'm, go ahead. No, sorry, it's, it's all right. But but that's the thing. Like after a while, there's another King in literature that I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of Stephen King. Read a lot of Stephen King books, right? After a while, I start to say to myself, hey, I like Stephen King books. There are some Stephen King books that are better than others. Not to say that Stephen King overall isn't better than a heck of a lot of other writers out there. I would still rather read it. It's the same thing with Tom King. I'd still rather read a Tom King book. It's just now I'm starting to compare him to his other iterations. And I, I will say this, though. I really do love the fact that a lot of Tom King books are thematic. And he continues that with this. I like the fact that he spent one issue talking about one 
member of the Justice League. And you get the cover with Greg Smallwood and that character. And so it really does highlight those different personalities. I like the fact that they, he, he brings in the fact that the Justice League uh, International is a family more than a superhero team, which you really get in that what Red Rocket issue. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I like when uh, he beats that, the crap out of him at the end. He's like, you just wasted a day. <laughs> he just hits him with that bottle of vodka. It was so brutal. And that's the one thing I did want to comment on. Did anybody else get the feeling that I could have easily seen this same book done by Ed Brubaker and Darwin Cook? Well, really yeah, it's a, because it's a, it's a style. It's an exercise yeah. in style. It's a, and, and it's a, you know, it's that Westlake sort Westlake. of school of of writing that 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 sort of like male dime novels machismo yeah yeah it's raymond chandler it's it's all it's all of that stuff you know and i can i pause it like there's nothing bad about that if you can get a book by ed brubaker and darwin cook again like yes yes (laughs) yes it is true i wasn't trying to make that as a no. Like it, it's just genuinely because I saw the art was by Greg Smallwood. I'm just like that's the first person I thought of was I'm like this invokes the same feelings that I get when I see Darwin Cook's work. It's got that minimalist use of color. Like there's one of my favorite pages is just a picture of ice sitting in a hotel room and it's three colors. The whole page is just three colors and it's and that's sort of like akin to like Darwin Cook's uh, Parker uh, adaptations were usually two colors. It was you know the black line work and then the you know swatches of like one was blue and one was sort of like yeah the accent color yeah yeah I mean and there was a lot of that and that's very much from you know 60s advertising and and things like that yeah. you know, uh, magazine illustrations and, and, but there's a beauty to it. And so Mikey, I know you're, you're versed in the JLI. If you were to tell me, if you were to sum up the JLI in two words, what would they oh, be? It would be one punch. <laughs> one punch, baby. <laughs> one punch. How many times does Guy Gardner get punched in the face in this book? Because not only did Tom King and Greg Smallwood go through all the noir tropes, they give you just enough of the stuff you love about JLI. And that's that's the beauty of Tom King. I go back to, to Mr. Miracle. He takes these characters and he imbues them with his own Tom Kingitude. But there's just enough of the stuff you remember. There's just enough of a callback that makes it something extra, something special. Yeah. You know, and there are moments in here where Guy Gardner gets that punch like once when his rings are off and once where ice is involved and I don't want to spoil that, but it's going to get up getting spoiled. But there are so many of those moments where every time it happens, you're like, Oh my God, there it is. There it is. And that's what Tom King does. The other word that you could use is blah, ha And he uses that in this, in almost a way where it's like ice talks about it as if, almost as if they're kind of sick of hearing it, you know, like they're just like, you know, they are, they were a family and that, that was something that was different from them. And other variation, other versions of the Justice League, and but but it just feels like it's a family that's estranged, or a family that's um, just kind of like you know some stuff has gone down, and they're not the same people that they were, or they're tired, yeah, I, or they're old, you know. The band is broken up. This is the adult version where uh, yeah. Martian Manhunter has cakes that he's working out. Yeah, and Booster is you know trying to start his own business, and Ted knows it's gonna like. He's like, I just got to let him do it. Uh, let him do it on his own. I don't want to be there. Like, they're yeah. not as intertwined as they were. That relationship is fractured, and you have 
everybody going in their own disparate ways and yeah. and they're all messed up now. But that's once again, that's part of the magic. It's all part yeah. of the fun. It's oh, the Beatles. It's the post breakup Beatles. It's it's like they, you know, will you get back together again? And the answer was always, ah, I mean, do we want to? Like, do we? and then they just punch Ringo in the face and they yeah. punch Ringo in the face. <laughs> Take it, Ringo. That's right. Uh, here, I was thinking the two words was cooey cooey, but that uh, maybe I, I was. That's wrong. later on. That's Adam Hughes, and you're <laughs> in the issue forties, thirties, and forties yeah. by that. Which is also good. Well, we'll be right back with more of The Last Comic Shop right after these commercial breaks as we continue our holiday party and our review of Human Target. Stay tuned. LastComicShopPodcast.com is the destination for all things shop. Plan your week with upcoming show schedules, the latest books, recommendations, and chatter from the crew. Subscribe to the show on all major podcasting platforms from one convenient location. Show your support and browse the merch store. T-shirts, tanks, hoodies for the fam, coffee mugs, magnets, totes, and more. Check out exclusive content through the show's YouTube channel and follow the pod on Instagram, Blue Sky, Threads, and others. All this and so much more at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com Hazel always knew there was something special about her cat Mooney, but she's still shocked when Mooney opens his mouth to tell her he's just had a vision. An ancient evil has awoken after centuries of sleep, and only one man can stop it, the legendary warrior Beowulf. Unfortunately, it's been over a thousand years since he slayed a dragon, and he's been reincarnated as this guy. His name is Victor, and he's more unemployed millennial slacker than mighty warrior. Go to monarchpublishing.net for a free sample comic. All right, guys. We's back with the more of the last comic shop. <laughs> oh, way too much eggnog. Way too much eggnog. <laughs> Look, I'm dancing in the new old fashioned ways. <laughs> Read the room. And now it's time for ratings. Yes. Jay's got our one out of four scale this week uh, uh, for human target. So, J.A., what are we rating this? Well, that's funny you should say that because I, I, I went through various things. I didn't. Uh, there's so much happening in this book. So many little moments. I like the one punch. We could have done how many punches in the face. Can <clears throat> you rate it? But I didn't know that was a JLI thing. And I still enjoyed it. Uh, so I wanted to quickly say that if you haven't read a lot of JLI or you don't know some of these references, it doesn't take away from the story at all. So you shouldn't be worried if you pick this book up, which, by the way, uh, you can still get, I think, in single issues or they've put it out in two beautiful collections, uh, book one and book two, the first six issues, the second six issues in hardback, which I think – is the way you want to go because they've printed it on a, a slightly better cardstock paper and it's matte. Oh, that would look cool though. Yeah. Ooh. And this is very similar to the sort of the matte pages on those Marvel um, penguins books. And it's just perfect for Greg Smallwood's art. Hold on. With all that said, I almost wanted to go finger lighters for fire. Cause every time she lit a cigarette, that was so sexy. <laughs> that's but, what femfidels do they, yes they, like they just things. light cigarettes uh we're gonna go with ice showers Ooh, yes. Ooh. i don't know which scene was hotter 
Like she just gets up and he's in the shower and she's just like, yep. Yeah, no, it was when he was coughing the first time in their swimming. There you go. Gonna say, not when Blue Beetle strips down and then three pages later they fight a bear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any case, uh, well, I think I'll go first because I may be ultimately the most critical of this book, believe it or not. Uh, and again, it's because I'm comparing Tom King to Tom King. I'm not. So anything that I give this particular book is not. Um, how I would compare it if I, I don't know against other things. I, it's, it's it's like this is Tom King's own scale, and so I am going to give this on a Tom King scale book, probably about a three point two five. Now that's on a Tom King scale, so this is like a six from your normal books. The reason why is again, although it was film noir, I kind of figured out from the beginning. And that really did bother me. Like, I was hoping for some sort of twist or turn. There were certain points within the story where I was just like, yeah, I could go in this other direction. And, and it didn't. And maybe that was on purpose. But at the same time, it just didn't do it for me. The other thing was, although, yes, we've explained why he keeps on talking about his dad, maybe I've got dad issues of my own. And so, like, hearing about you know, how this moment with his dad has fundamentally changed him and the PTSD that the guy's going through, obviously, because of the way his dad left this mortal coil. That also kind of rubbed me a little bit, you know. But what I will say is that the Greg Smallwood art is Eisner Award winning. You should check out this book for no other reason than that art. If you're coming there for a good crime drama, this is great. And again, to Jay's point, you really don't need to know about the JLI. That's just kind of icing on the cake, if you happen to know. Chad. Icing. I see what you did there. You see? I totally agree that uh, the reason to come to this book is for the Greg Smallwood art. It's for that noir vibe. That's what this is all about. As far as Tom King stuff goes, we'll talk more about it later, but this is more of like, the Tom King movie phase, in my mind. The Supergirl book that he did with Bilquis Evely, and I apologize if I messed up that name. It, it was wonderful, but it was True Grit. You know, if you've seen the True Grit movies, the, the John Wayne or even the one with the Big Lebowski in it, it's True Grit, but with Supergirl. And it's great. And this is a crime noir book with the JLI and Christopher Chance. I was super nervous when we were going to do this book for the show. Because I have been waiting. I have been waiting. Andy has made me wait an entire year to read this. He's like, no, no, we'll book at the end of the year with another Tom King book. So hold off on Human Target. But all I could think of when I read it was, man, this is cool. It's hard to describe it. I, I just kept going back. And there's something about these noir books that hooks me. And I'm in there. And I, I just love it. But as far as like being critical about it and talking about it, it's tough. Because I just get swept up in the whole coolness of it all. And the colors that Greg Smallwood uses, I don't think we could sing his praises enough. But uh, going back to points Andy brought up earlier, if you're comparing this to other Tom King works, I do think this is lesser, not because of the art. I think the art is wonderful. I think Greg Smallwood art is superior art. But the fact that it is, quote unquote, just a noir story, even though it's a, it's a, a very good one, that knocks it down just a slight peg for me. So I'm going to say... 3.75 ice showers. That's assault. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, J.A., what is your uh, rating? You guys have both had way too much eggnog and not enough nice little bottles of neat scotch on the rocks because this is a four. It's obviously a four. All those minor flaws aside, it tells a wonderful story. It's adult writing written for adults in the superhero genre. Yes, it's film noir, but it's really good film noir. You go to see a film noir movie because you know it's film noir. And then you enjoy the twists and turns as you go. You figure it out early. You figure it out late. There's so many great moments. Uh, We didn't even talk about the last scene in the book, which is another classic film noir trope with Lex. I love that. I was like, oh, that's so good. So Uh, the dame comes back. Yes. All that good stuff. And, and, you know, uh, I guess we're trying to avoid the spoilers. But uh, that moment that there was the shattered on the ground and then it starts melting. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was so great from an artistic point. I was I was laughing. I don't know if you're meant to be grossed out by that, but I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> but that's what Tom King does. He he mixes the humor and the pathos. And right. I have to I have to admit, the only time I was not a fan of of sort of the characters, it was when they're in costume. They look so out of place, like Ice's costume versus when she's in a nice little dress that Jackie Onassis would be wearing. <laughs> All right. Well, Mikey, why don't you bring us home? What is your read? Oh, man. Um, I was going to say, too, I'm, I'm glad that he mentioned uh, Bill Kasaively and, and stuff, because Tom King also has, I don't know if he's at the point where he chooses what artist he works with or if somebody else does or whatever, but he's always paired with, like, the best artist for these stories. And and Greg Smallwood was the best artist for this story. Like, he absolutely was. Um, just like, you know, Clay Mann was the best artist for Batman and Catwoman. And, and so, yeah, it's a four for me, too, because it's it's... It's a it's a it's a whodunit revenge tale um, set in this superhero world with characters that I already love um, and and I love Human Target and I do recommend the Human Target series from like the early two thousands which was phenomenal um, different vibe alts well no superheroes but but yeah the, it's just it's a four this is like now where it fits on the scale of the books that we've done I can't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't <laughs> well, know. That's a I good can't... way. That's a good segue because before we go to commercial break, I did want to posit that question to the group. Now we have read five. Count them five. Tom King books on this particular program over our three seasons. We have done Vision, Mister Miracle, Rorschach, Strange Adventures, and now Human Target. And it is now to put the King on trial in. King's Court. That's right. What it is about holidays, we love to judge people on holidays. I have an airing of grievances, sir, and you're going to hear about it. Now, what I'm serious is, I I would like all of us to rank from five to one, what ones did you like the most? So we will start off with the year of Chad himself, Chad Smith. Chad, if you're going to rank those five books, how do you rank them? Okay, so we have coming in at number five. For me, it was Rorschach. Where Rorschach just didn't speak to me. I thought it was derivative. I, there's something about me that feels icky when they're taking those Watchmen characters like that should have been done and left in the ground a long time ago. And anything that, you know, glorifies the Rorschachiness, like we just live in a world that 
it just wasn't for me. Like I, I don't like it. I don't like what it does. I don't like what it did. So uh, yeah, Rorschach is the least of my Tom King books. Coming in at number four is Strange Adventures. It was a valiant attempt. I love the swings that they took in Strange Adventures, where they had the art split between uh, Mitch Sherrod's and Doc Shaner. You have the autobiography where you know everything's told through his lens, and then you have the reality of the situation. It was a unique experiment that combined those things, and I thought it was very thoughtful, but at the end of the day, I just wasn't as satisfied with the story on it. Number three was going to be the human target. I feel badly, but I, Human Target for me is more about the art and more about the mood than it is about the Tom King. But he really does a great job hitting those notes that make you, they can be silly and then dramatic and then silly again. And so his skills are in play there. But at the end of the day, I felt, you know, similar to Supergirl was very good, very high quality, but it was just a thing. It was just filmed along. Uh, and then we get to our top two. And for me, uh, number two is Vision, which is the first time I, I, I was introduced to Tom King's writing with uh, Gabriel Walta on art, amongst others. And that was just taking the whole what is a superhero and spinning it on its head, you know, making it that family drama, that fish out of water. Every issue of that book was wonderful, but not as wonderful as my number one, which is Mr. Miracle, which... I, I put this up there on the shelf with The Dark Knight Returns, with The Watchmen, with the, the Stan Lee, Steve Ditko Spider-Man. Like, it's the best of the best of comic books. I, I think every time I read Mr. Miracle, I find more things in it. I've spent hours pouring over that book. I had my own crazy string pin board, push pin board, coming up with theories and ideas about what this means and when the eye color shifts what's happening there and is this a metaphor for this and all this other stuff and then i talked to tom king in real life and he's like you're a crazy person but mr miracle for me is the transcendent one so wow very cool uh ja what are your what's your ratings all right so i'm also putting warshack five just didn't speak to me i felt tom king was a bit hamstrung by sort of the story that dc wanted him to tell as well so he wasn't able to really break out as much as he could have for number four i had vision of the books it never really talked to me so much and i i I got it i understood it but i just i don't know i even had to go back and look at what the story was about i couldn't remember so that's how much it didn't talk to me i didn't remember it that well three strange adventures i love the the two art styles that's a uh an example of having two artists on one book where it works the just the whole idea of this is how you see yourself versus reality was very interesting. Human target number two. I think one thing that got left over, yes, the plotting felt maybe a bit paint by numbers, but there was some really, really good dialogue spot on. And then number one by far, far and above, you know, the, the space between five and two versus the space between two and one is huge. Uh, Mr. Miracle. All right, Mikey, is Mr. Miracle on the top of yours too? I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do this. <laughs> you're, you're asking me to choose who my favorite Mouseketeer was. You're asking Please, me. It was favorite. Christina. That's true. Actually, my favorite Mouseketeer was Allison, and she was in like the uh, 1978 version. But anyway, I can't. I, I don't know, man. I can't do it. Uh, I'll have because it, it probably changes every day. Like I, I, I think to be safe, I would say probably 
Oh, man, god damn it. Um, <laughs> maybe Chad's list, but I tonight as of tonight, I might switch Rorschach with um, Strange Adventures because I thought Rorschach was very clever and they did some interesting, bizarre, bonkers stuff with it. Yes. And it's pretty. But I don't yes. know, man. I don't know. I can't really do it. I read human target again like i read it when it came out and i read it this you know for the show again and i closed that book and i was like other than like dark knight and watchmen and things like this is my favorite miniseries ever like it, i just wow. love it so much but then i you know then i put it down and i'm like yeah but he's I, I mean honestly tom king's very divisive among among comic book fans uh like very very divisive and I've never read anything by him that I didn't like. Like down on the bottom would be like Grayson and Omega Men and things like that. But they're still really, really good. Like, like they're still very. <laughs> so it's really hard for me to do. Like I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a big stan uh, for 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 Tom King. Wow. Uh, yeah. All right, Andy, you're left. What's your oh, list? Oh boy. Well, you know, let's before we go to commercial break, let's get the definitive list right here. Uh, number coming in at number five is Strange Adventures. Just it was clever and that Duck Shaner art. Boy, that was pretty. But I was I was looking for something else in that series, and I never really got it. Number four is probably Human Target. It's it's film noir. It's really good film noir. Got some great a uh, dialogue, but I saw it coming like a freight train down the tracks. Um, number three, I think I'm I'm actually going to put uh, Rorschach right in the middle. I was I think the only person on this show that liked it, especially the stop about Otto Bender. That stuff was super interesting. Just and like, I'm true. Hit. That was yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Frank Miller and all that stuff. That mm-hmm. was great stuff. Great stuff. Vision number two. Um, people may be surprised by that, just how, how much I love the vision. But, like, really, the standout issue from that series wasn't even the one Gabriel Walter drew. It was issue, I think it's seven, which is like the interlude issue where it's just about Scarlet Witch and Vision's relationship over the years. That has one of the best covers too by um, Mike Del Mundo. So th- that's that was on that was my wallpaper for a little while. And number one, I like Head and Shoulders. It's the magnum opus. It's the best book we read in 2023, and it was Mister Miracle, by far one of the best books ever written and i don't think tom king is ever gonna write as good of a book as that one so hang your hat on that tom king and we'll be right back with more of the last comic shop right after this commercial break hi it's carlo calentuan last comic shop podcast listener and comic book tragic here in the philippines my boy when I'm in the U.S., I'm always on the lookout for a good deal on boards, bags, boxes, and all other manner of comic book-related supplies. And that's why I love to go to bcwsupplies.com and use the promo code LCSPOD to get 10% off of all my orders. Not only do I get a discount on everything I buy at BCW, but I'm able to support the podcast when I use LCSPOD at checkout. So if you're in need of comic book supplies, head over to bcwsupplies.com and use the promo code LCSPOD. Oh, and guys, I'm still waiting for that Tressy review. Come on, when is it? Do your hobbies include comic books, movies, television, and or video games? Are you always behind with the latest news in the world of nerd? Well, look no further than the Oblivion Bar, a nerd culture podcast. (gasps) Great Scott! Hosted by Chris Hacker and Aaron Knowles. 
The Oblivion Bar offers a weekly review of all the latest breaking news, in-depth discussions far beyond whether Han shot first, and newsletter section, where you, the listener, send in your questions to be answered live on the show. New episodes every Monday, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. I'm just so, so freaking excited! You can also find us on Twitter, at Oblivion Bar Pod. Come join us at the Oblivion Bar Podcast. Hope to see you there. Hey, we're back with more of The Last Comic Shop, and it is now time for Mikey Claus! Oh! 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 Children and uh, friends of the show, it is I, Secret Santa, and I'm here to give gifts to these three punks for all of their wonderful behavior this past year. They were all very good boys, and if they were naughty, they were naughty in all the right ways. So for that, you get gifts. And I'm going to make comic book suggestions. First up is my buddy J.A. Scott, who originally I was going to pick this wonderful little book, which is called The Apocalyptics, which is about a super cool punk rock band at the end of the world. It's really, really fun and really, really wonderful. And I just decided that that's what he should read. But now I've changed my mind. Secret Santa is fickle. You should read the Justice League International Omnibuses. There's two of them now. And there's one of them coming out, may even be out by now. I'm not sure. And they're awesome and wonderful, and they weigh about 80 pounds a piece. So that's you. <laughs> Next up is my friend Chad. And Chad, I don't know if you've read this already, and if you have, I'm sorry. But I know how much you enjoy all-ages books and books that appeal to, to people. So I am choosing Delilah Dirk and the Turkish Lieutenant by Mr. Tony Cliff. Uh, it is the first of three graphic novels featuring Delilah Dirk by Mr. Tony Cliff, and it is absolutely beautiful. It is all ages adventure. It is wonderful and funny and charming, and you would love it. Uh, I remember a friend of mine posting about that on the, uh, the X or the that, Twitters or whatever at one point this year. That was a clever friend. It may have even been me. So, <laughs> but that it's a great book, and once you read the first one, you're going to want to read this the the next two, and I believe he's working on. The fourth one in posting pages, but I haven't been looking because I want to read it when it's all collected. Now, lastly, is Andrew, the boy who doesn't like anything. Um, wow. you know, you I'm such a Grinch. You are. No, I know how much you enjoy, like me, pulp fiction-y kind of stories. Like, you enjoy the shadows and the green hornets and the things yes. like that. So I want you to read Grim Death and Bill, the Electrocuted Criminal by Mike Mignola and uh, that other guy down there, Thomas Snagoski, however you pronounce it. Wow. It is a wonderful, wonderful film noir style book about an undead PI and his equally undead partner um, Boy, fighting that is a evil. Thick looking book. So it is Jeez. a thick book. It is a book with words and pictures, but not a comic book. So so you're, you're gonna have to Wait a second. You can't I, I, do this on the toilet. You can't. And I no. get I get literature. You what do. is up with this? You do. You know yes. why? Because you read too many comics. That's why. You can <laughs> use more literature. Audience. That way when you see a when you see a a, a, a homage, you understand that it's an homage and not a ripoff. Uh, and the more books you read, the more you'll figure out the pronunciations right. on your own. But it's really good. Fun with that on the show. That's right. That's true. And it's really, really good. And I also suggest Mignola's other 
literature books like Joe Gollum and the Sinking and the Sunken City and Baltimore: A Tale of the Vampire. All those books. Yes, spend some time I was, reading. I was I was Scrooge. He was so excited, and now I he's was, so not. I was. I got this awesome cover, and then you were like, "There's lots of words," and I'm there's, like, "There's but there's lots of pictures too." Next pictures. Next, you're gonna be making me do a like, book report. Do after look at this. New Year's. Look at these wonderful illustrations by it's by fine. by Mike. You know what also had illustrations? Yes. <laughs> the dictionary, encyclopedias. That's Thanks, true. Thanks, Mikey. That's true. You're welcome. Take that lump of coal. It's actually really, really good. It's really, I'm really sure good. I'm sure it You'll is. Thank me. You'll thank me. And, and folks, you guys can find those as well. So yes. there you go. And make sure that you're checking us out always at The Last Comic Shop, all of the rest of this Christmas season, for more Christmas hijinks, holiday favorites, and uh, empty cups. Mm. Somebody could have gotten me for Christmas was something to drink. Yeah. <laughs> that that oh. book, by the way, they do have an audio version of it. So. But if I was going to do my recommendations, I was also going to recommend a real book for you, Andy. <laughs> Mine was going to be All the Marvels, oh. where a guy goes back and rereads the Marvel Universe from the beginning. Oh. And it's a real book with words. Oh, also- why is everybody trying to make me more literate? I, I, also, I think you could read. That's right. <laughs> that's right. My goodness. But yeah, for J.A., I was going to send J.A. The, the X-Men vignettes, which were all the things from the classic X-Men. Oh, the backup the, stories. Oh, backup right. Stories. Yes. Yeah. I want So that. next time you come to the States, you can have this one. All right. <laughs> you can have uh, my hand-me-down. <laughs> and then Mikey, for you, I was going to get you something that I know you've read, but I feel like you would still appreciate, which would be solo that's awesome do do you have all of these or just issues i might have all of them i might be missing one or two i'm not sure to be honest with you that's cool i don't have it fancy though that's really cool yeah this was my dust jacket's a little more than a little dusty this was a half price book thing that's awesome. way back when that's awesome gladly accept that thank you yeah. Mm. So well, I got nothing. Anyway, guys, I don't give great. presents to people that give me books. <laughs> you don't get nothing. That's nothing good. for Christmas. You gotta read. You gotta do some reading, son. I do. I, I I really legitimately do have to do some reading. I have. I I got that strange death of Alex Raymond last year. I haven't touched it. The whole year went by. Didn't even touch that book. I have to stop buying stuff. I just have to start reading stuff. Yeah. And we are hoping that you enjoyed the gift that we give you every single Tuesday, and that is more episodes of the Last Comic Shop Podcast. Again, we're going to be around for a whole other season starting January 2nd. It'll be for season number four, plus another show next week, too. Yeah, we just, we're going to be here giving you comic books, treating you right. So hopefully you will not bah humbug us, and you will rate, review, and subscribe. And, uh, you know, share that wonderful uh, Christmas feeling with with us, please. There you go. And I was going to say, in classic Chad fashion, I do have a present for the audience, but it's going to be a week late. It's going to be our data review. (laughs) Year-end data next week. (laughs) Uh, We are the last comic shop podcast. We don't want to be the last comic shop. So we always ask that you guys go to your local comic shops or you can find things that we read this week, like the Human Target series. We also had our wonderful recommendations from our Secret Santa, Mikey, included the Apocalypsics, and then that was tossed aside for the JLI. And then 
the Lila Dirks, and the Grim Death and Bill real book from Mike Mignola. <laughs> it's a real book. I don't, we don't know what to do with those. Uh, that waits for you potentially at your local comic shop. But don't stop there. You can also go, also go back to our website uh, where folks can find what this week, J.A.? Well, we've got always links to our merch store. You can get tote bags. You can get our Christmas-themed T-shirt, coffee mugs. This week only, gray suits. That's right. Do you want to look like George Clooney? Well, you might not, but at least you'll have the same gray suit as him. What if you want to look like? What if you want to look like Rosemary Clooney? She's a doll. She's in that white Christmas movie. I have to watch that movie every year. And we hope that you come back to the last comic shop again next week for the data review plus Catwoman Lonely City by Cliff Chang. That'll be wrapping up our DC Ember. Until then, I was the host of most Andy Larson. I was joined by Chad Smith, Jay Scott, and the wonderful Mikey Wood. And we hope that you stay safe, stay holly, or jolly, and have a Merry Christmas! Let's go sled riding! Oh, City's a good book. I enjoy that. everybody every year this happens hey ethan why don't you stop by our christmas party blah 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 jay's homemade eggnog blah blah strippers dressed up like members of john burr's x-men hellfire blah 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 then i get here and it's all crickets and the smell of musty old copies of patsy walker never got gifts and some smash burgers and some mick Regular? Come on, man. Not the Mick Ultra. The OG Michelob. Well, since they obviously played me for a chunk, again, that just means I'll have to give these gifts to myself. Here's first gift. Oh, great. An omnibus I'm never gonna read. Alright, what's this one? Oh, look. It's a vintage Howard the Duck Pez dispenser where the bill got changed. And swapped out for a Donald Duck and hoping you wouldn't notice. Uh, I don't know. Chad would know all this. Of course, he's not here, but... And uh, what's this third one here? Oh, uh, what does this say? Uh, Beyond Wonderland graphic novel? Actually, you know what? I might keep that one for myself. Well, in any case, here's hoping that all you out there in Last Comic Shop Land have better luck connecting with your friends and family this holiday season than I did! Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Now where is that employee bathroom in this joint? I got a hankering to leave them a present. They definitely won't forget. The Last Comic Shop was a 2023 Black Angus production. 